take your industry insights to the next level by becoming a Restaurant Business subscriber. Go to restaurantbusinessonline.com, click on the blue subscribe button in the upper right-hand corner, enter promo code PODCAST23, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-23, to get your first month of RB Basic for free. After promo period, current rates apply. Now, please enjoy this episode of A Deeper Dive. Hello, this is Jonathan Mays, Editor-in-Chief of Restaurant Business, and in this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, I speak with John Gordon, a restaurant consultant, and we talk about Subway. I have John on now and then, and today we talk about the FTC's decision to look at the proposed sale of the sandwich giant to Rourke Capital. Now, Rourke is a big owner of restaurant brands. It owns restaurant chains of all kinds, and with the acquisition of its brands that include Dunkin', Arby's, and notably Jimmy John's, will be responsible for nearly 13% of all limited service chain sales. So I talked with John about this and why the FTC was would be interested at all in the restaurant space. We chat about how weird this move is. The federal government almost never looks to block restaurant acquisitions. In fact, we don't know of one. We also talk about the impact this will have on Subway and its franchisees, and we chat about Subway's upcoming requirement that its franchisees accept digital discounts. We're talking Subway on a deeper dive, so please have a listen. All right, I'm here with John Gordon. John, welcome to the podcast. I am delighted to be here. How are you today? I am okay. John, you've been in the industry for a while. Have you ever seen the FTC take any interest whatsoever in a restaurant merger? No, no. I did a a search on their website uh, over the weekend, and I could not find any. Yeah, uh, I don't recall any. I mean, part of the issue, I think, is that for the most part, most restaurant mergers are just never that big, comparatively speaking. Like, I think if you look ever, if you ever look at the 100 top mergers of the year, there's never a restaurant involved, never. Um, And the biggest one in history uh, in the U.S., I believe that was the Duncan deal. Yes. The Inspire Brands Duncan deal. Uh, you know, the biggest one globally, I think, was the one, the Tim Hortons deal, the RBI Tim Hortons deal, if I am not mistaken, or the Burger King Tim Hortons deal that created um, RBI. Uh, so they're never that big, comparatively speaking. It's not like these $100 billion deals that they have in like whatever technology and banking or anything like that. So it's never really captured the eye. So what's notable about this FTC subway thing is suddenly we have, you know, we it's uh is now we are starting to get interest from the FTC targeting. What do you what do you make of this? What do you make of the FTC's interest here? Uh, several things. I mean, first of all, they have to look at it. Okay, their staff is limited, but you know the I, I reviewed their procedures actually in terms of of what they do and their review. Uh, mandates all the way back to the Clayton Act, you know, which is, you know, embedded in our law f- uh, for a long, long time. And their their mandate essentially is to look at the Clayton Act, which is embedded in federal law, uh, intends to root out competition at its infancy. That's what federal law is. Now, of course, how that is interpreted and how that forced over the decades varies. Okay. Uh, this uh, restaurant uh, case is uh, complex. What what has made this 
what, what, well, what is going to make it difficult is, first of all, there's a lack of data. Looking at the uh, regulation and their operating procedure, they speak of things like revenue. Well, <laughs> there's there's not that much revenue uh, really reported. There are things like units that are reported. So the, the FTC is going to have to uh, develop proxies for revenue uh, as if or as they go down that pathway. You know, just looking at work um, itself, you know, I mean, they're all of their different brands. There's six different cells, you know, of brands. Okay. So the point I'm making is that, is that as we know that um, their work is complex with all with six different cells of, of restaurants, you know, and mm-hmm. so the analysis is going to be complex. Um, you know, you've got uh, of the group that we care about or that they might care about is Arby's, Jimmy John's, uh, Schlotzky's, and you've got a whole group of other of, of other restaurants that really aren't on point. Okay, the you know the the other issues to think about here is that. You know, obviously, Subway is huge. Uh, in Subway's franchise disclosure document and in its franchise agreement, it actually speaks to the kinds of brands that it is worried about from a competitive standpoint. It, it speaks to the brands that serve sandwiches on bread, okay, for example. Mm-hmm. And it, it lists off a couple of other, other, other brands. For example, so um, Subway itself was was worried about direct competition itself, and you know, as as we as as we know, and as you have as have documented extremely well during this eight month M and A shopping cycle, and now <laughs> you know a further it's, longer, it's like eleven months. Oh, eleven months. Okay. Yeah, it started in January. It's eleven months. Well, oh, well, yeah. Well, that, that's right. I was going to say, and the review cycle, which is going on now, and we really don't know how long it, the review cycle is going to go on. It could go on a lot longer. Okay, and it looks it looks like it, it shall. There's no there's no indication right now how long the FTC review cycle will go on. That's the best intelligence right now. Is that um, the you know, this, this has drawn, you know, a lot of attention and there's a lot of risk for consumers. There's a lot of risk for franchisees. There, there's a lot of risk for staff. I want to specifically mention, John, that in, in the review of the uh, operating uh, procedures, that franchisees and like parties are not mentioned in the FTC review documents. However, employees are okay that's that's of note and then of note is uh as any good procedure there is a section for all other okay so if the ftc runs across interesting or salient uh factors that tend to affect competition then they can flag that in their in their review so they 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 have a fact they have a factor for best judgment. So you know I I think the day is going to come for what it's worth that the re- there's going to be a restaurant chain that tries to make an acquisition that's too you know that makes itself too big. Now that's probably 
a long ways off. Um, you know, because the restaurant industry is still loaded with all kinds of competition. In fact, we were we we're at Starbucks last week, and and what they talk to, what they'll tell you, is that their competition is the bakery across the street, and it's not really Dunkin' so much as it is, you know, that that restaurant down the street, the bakery or the coffee shop down the street. Um, you know, so they they say their competition is at the local level. Now, how much you want to believe that is up to you. But anyway, it's it's still a relatively competitive business. But it's it's also relatively common for, you know, for companies to get, you know, to to build up dominance in their market over time. In the in the sandwich market, uh, Subway actually just a few years ago had more dominance than it would if if you know you know assuming this deal goes through it would have more dominance than it would today if you add its sales today plus jimmy john's which tells you more about how much sales that subway lost and how much its competitors have gained in those years but so like they have like 42 percent those two combined subway and jimmy john's at 42 percent. i looked at this of the sandwich market um you know, for chain sandwiches, you know, by comparison, McDonald's today has almost 47%. Chick-fil-A has 41% of the chicken market. By the way, that's actually pretty incredible, given that it wasn't that long ago, both of us can remember, it wasn't that long ago that KFC was much larger than Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A now has 41% of that market. Taco Bell has a larger market of of the Mexican market, larger piece of the Mexican market that Subway plus Jimmy John's has at 43%. And then you got Domino's, which has less than 20% of the pizza market. I guess my point is it's hard for me to look at the level of, you know, some of these other chains and how much dominance they have in their specific market when compared with what Rourke would have, you know, what what a combined Jimmy John's and Subway would have of the sandwich market, which is what you've got to count. Because, you know, a lot of works, you know, a lot of works ownership is well beyond that particular market. I mean, includes some casual dining. It has, you know, in, in Buffalo Wild Wings, it's to your point, it has like Duncan, it has, you know, like if you got Focus Brands, you got all that stuff over there. You know, it's really... You know, just it's hard for me to envision why why this particular deal of this particular deal would trigger an FTC investigation. It just doesn't scream superior dominance to me. I um, on the competitive side, I I see that I um, I agree with that. I do see, however, that the um, the the deal. Uh, is an extremely risky one. The uh, the risk really, John, as we all know, it's it's to the uh, to the guests actually, uh, and it's to the franchisees, and it's to the workers. If this uh, merger uh, explodes already, and I do want to point this out as new news, is that um, the uh, uh, Subway DAI has already mandated that the that the U.S. franchisees adopt uh, the coupon or, or the digital coupon discount pricing that many uh, that 
that the marketing group uh, has uh, 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 advertised for uh, uh, weeks and months via coupons and via via television, which many franchisees, a unknown number but a significant number, have ignored and have have told customers that they weren't at yeah. have been mandated. So this is now permanently lowered the U.S. franchisee cash flow. Okay, uh, I don't have a number, no, but but it is it's a real number. What whatever number that that uh, DAI told uh, the suitors during the build or during the during the uh, analysis process is now false because the franchisees are even more so. So yeah. that means that the uh, deal is the deal economics is potentially imbalanced going into uh, the point where uh, Subway DAI has to begin paying interest and debt after the acquisition finally closes. Yeah. First off, that's not new news, actually. That was in September. We reported that in September that Subway had established a deadline for December 28th. Okay. That okay. franchisees had to accept these digital offers. Right. Um, and what the digital offers are, and that's probably in some respects, we could like go this entire line of questioning, but essentially Subway runs probably the most aggressive digital ads that we see you know, I could probably go on the app right now, but, you know, they were running often buy one, get one free or buy one, get one half off. Sometimes they're running some extremely aggressive deals on their apps. You know, corollary to this is that unlike, say, McDonald's, which also runs actually quite aggressive deals on its app. If you ever go on a McDonald's app, it's very worthwhile to look at the discounts that they'll give. But McDonald's doesn't usually advertise on television that they're running, hey, we're going to give you one free Big Mac if you buy one at the regular price. But, you know, they've got all sorts of deals. You know, you got buy one foot long and right now buy one foot long and get one at half price. Um, And they advertise it. um, And a lot of Subway franchisees uh have pushed very pushed back very hard on it and many of them do not accept digital offers or coupons and now that this deadline is coming up it's less than a month away um they're starting to get real antsy that's actually what somebody described that to me recently and i I know you i I know you reported it but but i uh what i really meant to say i misspoke slightly is that is that it it uh it, it it may be new news for Rourke, you know, in terms of what the performa is now for the U.S. franchisee base, and so it, it it's a new it's a new challenge going in for 2024 for whatever the the U.S. franchisee population will be re- as a result going forward. Right, but um. So, I mean, the, the, you know, the interesting element of that discount, which was one of my next questions is, you know, they've been pushing, again, they've been pushing their deals more aggressively on their app. Um, and again, you can find Burger King, 
McDonald's, all kinds of companies do a lot of discounts on their app. On balance, I would prefer it that way than say a dollar menu or right. certainly another $5 foot long um, because at least the customers are giving you something in exchange. So, you know, when you offer a discount on your app, A, it's more likely that you're going to get at the people who are looking for a deal as opposed to, and you're going to get somebody who is generally a loyal customer, you know, as opposed to blanking the world with a bunch of, you know, BOGO coupons, paper coupons, which somebody also does very aggressively, I might know. Um, and in those cases, or, or you know, you have a, 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 a broad-based discount, which tends to, you know, capture a larger number of customers. And, you know, with a coupon, they ain't giving you anything. You know, if you're just using a paper coupon, they're just using a paper coupon and 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 stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess, you know, my, my question is, you know, we're starting to see franchisees really push back. So McDonald's have pushed back on that app a little bit. You see some complaints there. Um, Subway's probably, Subway franchisees are probably the most uh, vocal group, which is probably why we're seeing the mandate now. You ever, you know, I mean, what's your thoughts on 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 something like that, absent the Rourke deal? I mean, the Rourke deal is what the the Rourke deal. If you're buying Subway, by the way, you're you're buying a company with franchisee health questions, and they know it going into it. Um, to me, but what's what? What do you make of 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 a lot of this pushback we're starting to see now on on franchisee apps like this? Well, sure. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's natural and expected, and uh, I'm just sorry that uh, there was not more visibility to the to the um, uh, by uh, by fran- by organized groups of franchisees to this issue. Uh, while the uh, deal was being analyzed, so that there was more attention to it, uh, you know, as you as DAI was very secretive regarding the U.S. franchisee sales and profitability numbers, they um, they they came up with all kinds of different ways to to display the U.S. sales numbers uh, by by increment, but. Um, there, there, there's never been a real uh, good display of of the entire U.S. subway sales play. You know, they were they were good in terms of displaying back to 2012 and 2020, uh, 2014, but that's not really a a, a realistic uh, economic base. I remember some of John Chizzy's interviews with you, but but uh, the, the the reaction I got is so what you know <laughs> so uh, you know those aren't those aren't relevant bases anymore you know they're they're relevant to subway but they're they're not relevant you know today the uh, the subway franchisees have have a uh, have a very powerful uh, franchise agreement that bounds them in. And they are in a real pinch. They have limited means for for uh, reaction, um, and it's uh, it's it's a it's a very difficult situation. I I wish they would have spoken up sooner. No. So, uh, do you have any sense of what 
the what a prolonged FTC investigation might do here. You know, like you're talking, you know, if you if I recall the Cisco US Foods deal a few years ago, mm-hmm. and that took a year and a half. And ultimately it wasn't resolved. Well, how it was resolved is that Cisco backed out. Right. And ultimately backed out of the deal because um the FTC started winning. You know, assuming that it's a year, I don't it's hard for me to imagine. I don't think uh, you know, the case here is nearly as cut and dried as it was with Cisco and US Food, as I've noted during the outset of the podcast, but you have it. You you've got to assume that this is a several month delay at the very least. Do you have any sense of what this does to the deal at all? Well, I you know I uh, I looked at the uh, I looked at the uh, parameters of the deal. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's a uh, the 360 million dollar breakup fee, but it has a 12 month. Um, so um, number one. Uh, this this period of time gives John Chizzy and VAI time to go in and and uh, make some alterations to um, the supply chain model and other things, other attributes of, of franchisee operations, not only in the United States but internationally where they feel that there may have been a a underrun or strike that not an underrun but a a overstatement of of the of the EBITDA which was reported at 750 million dollars per year as the as the number that was given to uh Rourke as the baseline uh, uh, forecast and there was some concern early on by by uh, industry observers that that number was pretty high. So if if that was the case, then this delay does give Subway some time to button up the hatch, so to speak, and find synergies, if you will, in order to get things straightened up and find some uh, find some some synergies. So that when they do begin paying debt, that they are able to actually improve the the real uh, cash flow, the real the real EBITDA line. So so that's a good thing for them. Now for for franchisees or or franchisees being serviced by the supply chain, or for uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot, although we don't have a lot of information about it. The um, the international franchisees that are being supported by the international distribution agents. I just wonder what is what are the going to be the terms of of uh, support going on for someone that you know, Mr. Tuesday is justifiably proud of the new fifteen or sixteen distribution or distribution uh, franchise agreements uh, signed. During his watch, um, but what kind of service are those? Are those distribution? I keep saying distribution because I've been thinking a lot about distribution lately. What kind of, what kind of um, service are those uh, new uh, franchisee uh, multi-unit franchisee owner operators going to receive 
once they sign up. There were th- there have been long-term thoughts, as you know, in the United States to basically disable all of the so-called DAs or distribution uh, mm-hmm. distribution agents in the in the U.S. Is that the is that the is that going to be the uh, trend in internationally as well? So that's a uh, that's a very interesting uh, uh, question and something that the internet the new international franchisee uh, uh, franchisee uh, franchisees uh, franchise need to know about and it's those kind of synergies and tweaks that will be uh, will be going on during this time period now yeah. uh well i guess we will see my guess is that they get rid of them because that's what their stated goal is is to yeah well in the u.s it is sure now, the, uh, uh, I guess one last comment, which is my prediction here, is that the FTC probably negotiates a deal with Subway uh, or Rourke, actually. And that one of two things happens is that uh, they agree, Rourke somehow agrees not to combine the supply chain, probably is one of the big things that they'll look at. Uh, the other thing they might do is decide to take uh, uh, Inspire Brands Public, um, which is probably... You know, one of the likely scenarios over time is that they take Inspire Brands public. You know, the market is probably looking a little bit more favorable for that to happen next year. So that would be my prediction here. And the easiest way for Rourke to get out of this is to do that. It's to take take um, take uh, Inspire Brands public, uh, setting the stage for an ultimate exit, and that would be that would be my guess. Now, who knows? But um, We'll see. Um, John, this was fantastic. Really appreciate you joining me this week on the podcast. Interesting as always. Thank you for having me. And that should do it for this week's episode of A Deeper Dive, which was edited, as always, by Spoons. Artwork by Nico Hines. You may find this and other episodes of the podcast on our website at www.restaurantbusinessonline.com backslash article backslash deeper dash dive. And you may subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Jonathan Mage, your host, podcast producer, and the editor-in-chief of Restaurant Business. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.